Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete, the podcast where I talk to interesting creatives about the internet and how to stay creative in a world obsessed with technology. I'm very excited to bring you this mini series of four episodes in partnership with Dropbox all around the topics of creativity and collaboration. I've wanted to talk more about collaboration as someone who works for myself and mostly by myself. I really wanted to talk more about working with other people and how to do that with the best possible tools. As you know, one of my favourite things to talk about is how to do more things in less time. And Dropbox is a collaborative platform for teams, enabling creativity through their product suite of tools, which helps teams all over the world stay in flow and move their work forward. I personally recommend Dropbox Paper, if you haven't already heard of it. It's so good for adding in comments and annotations amongst teammates who might be working on the same project as you, but maybe remotely. It's really great for coordination around deadlines and keeping track of timelines. In these four very special episodes, I interview the co-authors of Creative Superpowers, which is a book I really enjoyed reading earlier this year. It's a book published by Penguin, all about relearning key traits often forgotten from childhood, such as adaptability, curiosity, empathy and fearlessness by the authors Mark Earls, Laura Jordan Bambach, Daniele Feyendaka and Scott Morrison. Each author shares some fascinating stories and anecdotes with me. I really enjoyed interviewing them. They offered some seriously wise advice about how to live a more creative and fulfilled life. And just in general, I felt really inspired by chatting to each of them about all the different topics they cover. So the first interviewee in this four-part series is Laura Jordan Bambach. She is an award-winning creative director She has held senior positions at Mr. President. She is the co-founder of She Says, a global mentorship and networking group that encourages women to pursue careers in digital. She has won lots of awards and one of them is the Drums Digirati list of top 100 most influential digital women in the UK. The Guardian has also called her a digital female icon. She really is a powerhouse and she really makes people wake up, listen up and really just take on board all of the things that she has to say. She has a real talent in making people listen and I absolutely love talking to her. So here is that first episode and make sure you listen to the other three that are going live in conjunction with this one. Thanks to Dropbox for sponsoring and making these episodes happen and I hope you enjoy them. Here it is. Hi, I'm Laura Jordan-Bambach. I am a maker. I own an advertising agency in London called Mr. President, and I'm also a founder of a global volunteer network to get more women into the industry called She Says. One thing you talk about, which I love, is this ongoing trend still for presenteeism Uh and how we don't need to be like bums on seats as much anymore. Yes. I really want to talk about collaboration and some people say you still need to be very much face-to-face to to collaborate. How do you feel about people saying that? Do you you feel like you don't need to be always in the office, for example? I don't think you need to be always in the office. I think there are certain points of collaboration that it's incredibly useful to be around other people because, you know, you bounce ideas of other people, you can build things, but you also need time either you know on your own or with a little bit more space or where where it doesn't matter so much whether you're a bum on seat or not and I think it's in a way treating people like they are adults and giving them the responsibility to know when they should be in the office when it's good to collaborate when it's really good to be sitting next to someone and and 
chatting about something and and when you can be somewhere else or what yeah. have you yeah it's must be about trust with with the team knowing that you can collaborate wherever you are because you're all on the same page absolutely and I think particularly as a creative person so I'm the the chief creative officer at Mr P um you know creativity is not something that happens to you nine to five it's not something that happens to you at your desk it happens to you literally 24 hours a day in a way you're kind of always working you're always solving problems you're always kind of thinking about and mulling over the things that are sort of you're working on at that particular time (laughs) so it seems really odd then to kind of have to be always in the same place and actually it's not a particularly conducive environment for creativity anyway yeah definitely I don't get my best ideas scrolling no. or looking at the screen um I write a lot about technology and how it's meant to help us um mm-hmm. it doesn't always but tools are so important and people love learning about a new app or a new tool yeah. um what tools do you use to collaborate on a day-to-day basis you know what really simple ones we use slack because it's I love great. <laughs> I love how it says I'm you know it says away or busy or snooze I know I absolutely love it um, so I'm using that all the time we use you know file sharing stuff like Dropbox but we you know use a lot of really I would say almost old technology as well like Skype for example you know that's what 15 years old now yeah. um, and I, I guess it has changed but it feels like it hasn't changed very much but you know I had to work from home today because it's half term and I'm looking after my son and actually that's been brilliant I've been on Skype all day so yeah and what about getting good ideas then because um, we all need to be log- logging on and being online and being available especially when you're a boss and you're mm-hmm. a leader um, do you carve out time to be creative or do you just find that things come to you as and when you know what, I think there is a like, tried and tre- tested, I guess, philosophy and actual, you know, actually science uh, around creativity, which is, you know, creativity is joining dots. And the more you get out there and the more you sort of almost kind of collect new dots, the more interesting your ideas are and the better your creativity is. Um, and you need both times of focus and actually times when the parts of your brain that don't work when you focus actually come to the fore so uh, it really is a process so you know I will spend time logically thinking about a problem Um, but then a lot of my eureka moments which have happened because of that focus and then because of taking my foot off the pedal and doing something else uh, when I walk to work so I try to walk to work every day it's about an hour Mm -hmm. and a half that's amazing and I think there's also a lot of research around walking and running and how much that helps you creatively you know it's the classic stuff in the bath mm. in the middle of the night you wake up and go oh my god I've solved the idea mm. um but, you know that that happens a lot because that's how creativity works yeah I got both my book ideas um on a plane oh that's amazing I think I, I don't know what it was I mean I'm, I'm I think if I want to be like spiritual about it mm-hmm. it's like because you're like dangling in the air but yeah. I don't know yeah I mean I also because I'm an incredibly vivid dreamer and um I was told by a teacher of mine when I was about 11 to keep a dream diary. So I've kept a dream diary most of my life. And it's not every night, but most nights, many nights, I'll wake up and I'll write down my dreams. And that is an incredible source of creativity as well. Mm. And actually, even if you solve the problem and you wake up going, oh, I've dreamt the answer to the problem, <laughs> it never is. But there's something in there that will help you get to the right answer. That's quite amazing because that's like you're doing your work even when you're sleeping yeah. and recharging. It's like, yeah. great. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I I wanted to ask you about how you know whether you need to be on your own or whether you need to be in a team or Mm -hmm. whether you need help from someone else because I 
love working by myself but yeah. my ideas have grown and become so much better by bouncing off someone else yeah. and I'm, I'm not very good at that I'm not very good at asking other people for their help mm. um, how do you balance the two well I guess um, I think as you get older and you have more experience it just becomes natural but again there are kind of processes that you can play with out there that are really tried and tested so I um, did a little well quite a lot of work actually with Hyper Island which is an amazing oh, yeah. amazing school it's all over the place now it's in Singapore and Manchester mm. and a couple of places in Sweden and what have you but uh, the original one in Karlskrona which is right down the south of Sweden it's a really remote place it's in an old prison wow. and you go down there as students and you basically you don't see anyone else so I've been down there both to teach and to do some courses uh, and they have a really great process for coming up with ideas which is almost like a concertina so you, you go you have a thousand and one really really quick ideas that kind of stuff you can do on your own or if you've got someone there you can you know stick stuff up but it's very much a personal interaction mm. and then when you come back together and kind of focus that's when I find actually it's really helpful to have someone else there with a different point of view mm. I think if you're always work, working on your own, you tend to play in a very small circle. So bringing in people with different points of view, uh, different experiences, life experiences or work experiences, different skills. Uh, you know, I partner up a lot with my business partner, Nick, who's our chief strategy officer, and he's incredibly creative. Um, and actually, we work really well together, so mm. I'll come into work and just chuck him a whole lot of stuff. And usually something magical will come out the other end which is kind of clearer probably than what I would have said because he's brilliant at that clarity uh, but it's got you know my sort of creativity in there as well so mm, I, I, I wanted to ask a stupid question actually which is related to that which is has it always been the way that creators worked in pairs or is that like a thing that's no, really no. recent because people have twitter accounts with like two I people know. so and this is the interesting thing because I'm not from the UK I'm from Australia and in Australia and also I grew up in the digital world, not the traditional advertising world, but the concept of pairs I had never come across until I was in my mid-20s and moved over here. And I was like, what are these people? And why do they have such specific roles? And there is a need for craft. Like, it's very difficult to find great copywriters now instead of, you know, great ideas people. Um, but no, there's no reason to work as a pair. I've never really had a partner, although at kind of ECD level, I've had I've been a joint ECD a couple of times, and I've had a partnership with those people, and it's been mm-hmm. wonderful. But no, it doesn't. It's yeah, it's not something that's necessary at all, and I find it kind of really weird that it's agencies particularly depend on it. Yeah, well, that's good to know because I think a lot of people might be freaked out by that because. It, it's quite a commitment, isn't it? Like to, to it be is. like, we are a duo forever. It is. <laughs> and if I see some duos which are amazing and should always remain duos because they're brilliant. You know, they are just extraordinary and they work so well together. Um, and then I've seen some people who really struggle to be part of a team and actually are so much better once you. And I've done this actually to a couple of teams that I've worked with or who've worked for me and have said, actually, you guys split up and be singles and yeah, do your own yeah. thing and then you know they flourish i wanted to ask you about um any misconceptions about like being a creative i mean i like to think i'm a creative person obviously uh-huh. and you know i am quite scatty i am quite messy i am maybe not so good with numbers but it, it sometimes these these misconceptions or stereotypes yeah. kind of annoy me a bit are there yeah. any that you get you know the thing that annoys me most in the industry so in you know advertising communications is that there is an expectation that if you're creative you're doing it because you love creativity you're not doing it for any other reason and that's really perpetuated a lot of horrible 
things that have happened in the industry like not paying interns so mm. if you come in as an intern in client services for example you would expect a salary and yet you have you know young teams or young single people out of university who might do six weeks for almost no pay at an agency and then another six weeks at another agency and it might go on for over a year and that is not great because mm. what that does it doesn't let the people with the most creativity rise it allows the people with the most privilege to rise and that yes. really upsets me yes because it's almost like you can only do this job if you can if you love it and you should yeah. be grateful you should be so grateful and you're so creative and therefore you don't care about money and actually also then you're not good at business mm. and i think there are a lot of creative people who are really good at business and if you put them to a problem they will come up with a solution that maybe you wouldn't have expected. Yeah, because it's it's still prevalent, really, isn't it? That like you know, big agencies will have a meeting and it'll you'll, you'll look around and you'll think this isn't um, that diverse still. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know that's not going to change. The creative department is the worst out of every section of our industry. I think the creative department is the least diverse, the most masculine, the most aggressive, the most old-fashioned in a lot of ways. And there are brilliant agencies out there that aren't like that. But, mm. you know, it's a slow change. And part of that is because we're not opening ourselves up to interesting people right from the start. And then also not creating a culture that is very welcoming all the way through. And that is that why you have obviously gone out and started your own initiatives because maybe the old structures weren't as accommodating or weren't up to your standards of, of equality as yeah well. absolutely and also because it was very apparent that there were some kind of systemic issues and I wasn't really sure how to solve them and so it seemed a natural thing to start something to try to understand those issues and to, to address them so mm -hmm. as she says one of the reasons that Ali and I started it 11 years ago was we were both in charge of departments at our various agencies and we weren't even seeing any female CVs, not even at junior level. And we were thinking, you know, if we're not seeing any female CVs at junior level where 51% of students are female, like where on earth are they going and why yeah. aren't they applying for the jobs? Yeah. And when they did apply, it was very obvious that because of what they were told they were capable of, uh, and I guess, you know, more generally the way women are treated or, or underestimated I think mm. um, you know a woman would come in and go oh, I've had six months experience I don't think I can do it and someone with the same amount of experience who's a man would come in and go yeah I've had six months experience and if I hadn't have been very aware of that it's a very easy decision to make the per uh, to hire the person that has the most confidence of mm. course um, and it's not that women lack confidence it's that women have been told that they're you know to be honest that they're lesser and again it's changing but yeah if you think back to our moms and the experience they had and then what we've had and then what young people coming into the industry have now it's been a phenomenal change from a really bad place yes yeah well in the book that you co-authored called mm -hmm. creative superpowers what i love one of the things i love the most about that book is it's all about unlocking and unblocking your yeah. confidence and creativity mm -hmm. So just um, lastly, I wanted to ask you, Phil, just something that's like a tangible tip for someone who's listening, if they are feeling a bit blocked or not very confident with an idea. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess there are a couple of things. Number one, which I say to everyone in my team all the time is, you didn't get to where you are by accident. It's not, you know, you're not there. This, this idea of imposter syndrome is so strong across loads of people creatively, actually, men and women, but... You know, you're not there by accident. You got there because of your 
talent and because of your determination and you know just hang on to that and hang on to your ideas um it doesn't mean you need to become pig-headed and stubborn (laughs) but your ideas have value and if you can hold on to that to yourself you can weather you know what is sometimes quite a difficult storm i think particularly creative people uh they're very close to their work you know you Mm. in a way you're kind of giving birth to something every time you produce something and there are a lot of knockbacks Mm. at every level you know I don't sell every piece of work I propose like not anywhere near it um but I think those things can be taken really personally particularly as you're going through the ranks so it's you know having that feeling within yourself like my work has value um and then I guess the other thing is just to go out there and to experience as much as you can as much as possible because it will make your ideas stronger so you know fill that fill that box of dots that you need to join at a later date because it'll really you know do you good yeah oh that's so useful because it is quite a vulnerable job because you do care yeah about the work you do absolutely and I'm sure you have as well but you know I've had many times through my, my career where I've been lying in bed kind of crying because something hasn't gone well or I just can't crack it or what have you and a little bit of space and just rem- reminding myself that there's something in there that I really believe in helps a lot yeah well thank you so much for talking to me no worries (laughs) thanks imagine a workplace with no distractions or disruptions no endless searching to find the latest version no constantly switching between apps now imagine a place where everything just flows at Dropbox we're building a home for all your team's work with a suite of tools that maximizes inspiration and minimizes distraction. Because when teams are in flow, everything just clicks. Visit dropbox.com forward slash flow. Dropbox. Keep teams flowing.